I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics, where we keep the rationalist community informed about what's going on outside of the rationalist community. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right, this is episode number 89. We are recording on August 11th, which is a Friday, not our usual Monday, uh, because I am going to be in Vermont next week, and these guys will be hopeless and lost without me. He's not wrong. Yeah, very true. (laughs) What are you doing in Vermont? Uh, It's uh, it's Eagle Camp, um, which is like the rustic resort that we talked about last year. This is the one where uh, Weird Beard goes. Cool. Going to see him again? I'm sure, I mean, I assume he'll be there. Awesome. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll record that podcast about obesity with him that he wanted to do. All right, but we have some follow ups. Uh, first, we have a we have a Wes was wrong. What? Apparently, methylamine is a real thing. You got to tell us more about this. Then I mean, I don't know anything more about it. Somebody just said it's a real thing. It's CH three NH two. I don't know what it's for, but I thought it was a fake thing. Um, maybe it's for making meth. Maybe, maybe, maybe the thing I heard was that it's, you can't make meth out of it. Ah, okay. Uh, I don't know. But whatever it was, I was, uh, I was remembering it wrong, or it was wrong when it was told to me. Okay. And this is what I get for repeating unsourced claims. All the claims you go through in your life, the vast majority are going to be unsourced, right? Yeah, but this was like not a, not a reliable source. Oh, did you hear this from Roxy? Maybe. She was like, Dad, there's no such thing as methamphetamine. <laughs> Exactly what she said. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> um, all right. But don't worry, because we also have a Wes was right. Ooh, which is that these cancel out? fucking room temperature superconductors were fake as shit. Well, I wouldn't say fake. but fake. They, they were fake. They weren't superconducting. Yeah. And that was the only reason that anyone cared. <laughs> well, yes. But it was really fun to watch the science happen and to follow all this. That's I true. enjoyed every minute of it. There was there were like. A thousand replication attempts. Three of them, they were like, we did it. We replicated it. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, uh, you're so full of shit. You did not. I'm sorry. Are you suggesting that Russian cat girls sometimes lie? <laughs> I would never. She was probably just mistaken. I have a uh, a link here to something labeled the coroner's report. Yes. Uh, this this is someone who has been following and tweeting about it uh, since basically the beginning. Um, Michael S. Fuhrer. Hmm. The Ooh. Fuhrer is in on this. Yeah. That's but, never good. <laughs> apparently, uh, copper sulfide. Um, I don't remember exactly how that's pronounced. A known impurity that is in LK99. And it has a first order phase transition around 378 Kelvin. Accompanied by a large resistivity drop, which is probably what led to that uh, resistivity drop that they talked about. And it probably had some ferromagnetic material uh, that was acting as a diamagnet in in part of it that kind of floated up that part when it was in a magnetic field. Basically, people think they realize where the error came from and uh, everything is solved and there's nothing to see here. As expected. Yeah, as expected. Yeah, we also have an index of, uh, of replication attempts that we'll post in the show notes. Yes. You want to see like how many like independent people were testing this out. It was about two dozen, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bunch with some partial successes. Uh, All right. Uh, We have a follow up on aliens. No, just kidding. There's no follow up on the alien story. That was just garden variety fake news. (laughs) Uh, But we do have a follow up on the Israeli judge story. Um, This is what we covered like two or three episodes ago where 
um, Netanyahu was proposing this crazy law that was like, basically, the judiciary can't do anything to stop us. (laughs) All he did so far was he got the uh, the Neset, which is their their parliament to ban the reasonable reasonableness standard, which is uh, a thing that the court was using to overturn laws. It was basically like the court was saying it can overturn any law that doesn't pass this like reasonableness test. Um, and it was it was supposed to be like the, the law has to be extremely unreasonable or something to be overturned. Um, but, you know, Netanyahu was like, oh, they're they're abusing that authority. So they got them. To, they, they did that. But the rest of that stuff, like, you know, a, appointing the judges and, and um, basically making the court entirely within the control of the ruling coalition um, that did not go through yet. Okay. Um, everyone thinks that they're going to try this again, but so far it seems as though the, the, the giant protests have at least um, caused, caused them to mitigate the plan. That's good. How does everyone feel about this reasonableness thing? Cause I kind of agree that, if you put in a reasonableness test, you're basically just giving unlimited power to whoever gets to define what reasonable is. Well, it's um, it really depends on how it's applied. And I don't I didn't really look into it that much. And the United States also has a reasonableness test. I also dislike it. No, it's fine because nothing ever gets overturned. That's good for now. <laughs> yeah, it's like any law has to pass. It's like the lowest form of scrutiny. And if any law is just found to be like arbitrary and capricious, capricious mm-hmm. is what they call it. Um, mm-hmm. Then the court will overturn that, but it, they almost never did. Okay. Um, speaking of American courts, we have a follow-up about Clarence Thomas, who's even more corrupt than we thought. Hmm. Apparently, instead of just this one guy who was like, you know, buying his mom's house and, and giving him gifts, there were three other billionaires who were like flying him around the world. Um, he had 38 separate vacations provided by billionaires, 26 private jet flights, eight helicopter rides, 12 VIP passes to sporting events, and two luxury resort stays, all provided by these conservative billionaires who, of course, were just, you know, good friends. You know, the friends that he happened to make after he became a Supreme Court justice. But, you know, he's just he's just a really great guy. There was nothing corrupt about any of this. Keep adding this sort of stuff to our um, update section. Someday I might care. That's a lie, <laughs> listeners. I'm never going to care. Hi, how? What's your line for caring, David? Because I'm beginning to feel like there's a little bit of corruption. Uh, does it personally pick my pocket or break my nose? Hmm. I mean, Clarence Thomas was the deciding vote in Bush v. Gore. I'm sure that affected you somehow. Eh, clowns to the left of me, <laughs> jokers to the right. If someone has that much power, on the other hand, how are you going to stop sure. people from having friends? Yeah, I'm sure it would have been different, but I, it's not at all clear to me it would have been better. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the only thing he's in trouble for, actually, is not disclosing any of this. It's perfectly legal to accept these kinds of bribes. You're just supposed to report them. I uh, guess. Now, he's not actually going to get in any trouble because what are you going to do? They're not going to impeach him. All right. Um, and I, you know, there's some disclosure laws that he hasn't complied with, but the justice department's a bunch of cowards, so they're not going to indict him. I mean, your track record for making those kinds of predictions has taken a turn for the worse in this past fortnight. So speaking of which on to the new news, new Trump indictment. Uh Oh, woo! Mm-hmm. somebody, somebody sound the buzzer. <laughs> 
Uh, this is the real one. Uh, this is the one that's like actually charging him with stuff people care about. Is it the big avocado? It's the big avocado. What what does what is this a reference to? I'm old and out of touch. Um, good omens. The end of the world starts in an avocado farm in the Levant, so the horsemen of the apocalypse refer to it as the big avocado. Neat. This is the everything bagel of Trump of charges. Trump indictments. Okay. Um, so it, what, what is he indicted for? He is indicted for attempting to steal the election. Oh, good. That's yeah, a big one. Which is what the thing that he actually did that people care about. Um, it's not tax fraud or stealing boxes of documents. It is trying to steal the election. Uh, he's charged with four counts, conspiracy to defraud the United States. Um, that's related to him trying to get state officials to send in fake electors, which they did, which was mm -hmm. illegal. Uh, obstruction of an official proceeding and conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Um, and that's related to January 6th um, and his whole scheme to disrupt the uh, the vote count there. And, and to pressure Mike Pence to break the law and not certify the vote. And conspiracy to deprive rights, uh, which is an old, like, post-Civil War law, which is basically like it's a felony to try to deny people their right to vote or to, like, not count their votes later. So who do I call to get everyone in the federal government brought up on these charges? Jack Smith. Okay. The special counsel. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Thanks. I do feel like that last one is kind of tacked on, but the previous three certainly, I think, count. Well, that I see, I think that last one is actually the most appropriate because he tried to steal the election. I think the conspiracy to obstruct an election thing is much more uh, much more on the nose for well, that. Well, it's then. not conspiracy to, to obstruct an election. It's conspiracy, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, and that's just the January 6th vote count. Like, that is very specifically, like, that was a, a, an official proceeding. They were going to come in and count the votes, and Trump tried to stop that from happening. All right. Conspiracy to defraud the U.S., then? Uh, that, that, so that's about the fake electors. That's, and that is just the, – these laws have specific statutory language that – you know, they, they have certain elements of the law, and those charges really only apply to specific things that Trump did. Um, the conspiracy to deprive rights is a broader law where it's it can just be that, yes, you tried to steal the election. You can't do that. Isn't conspiracy to deprive rights more like, you know, they make the election on a Tuesday so it's harder for people to vote? Uh, vo vo voter suppression is a time-honored tradition of American life. I guess they are different. Does this law only apply to bullshit rights like the right to vote and not important rights like interstate commerce not being regulated by the federal government um, oh david right to keep and bear arms uh, you know the important ones that are enshrined in the u.s bill of rights uh it does apply to those does it it does um but you know you have to deal with how the courts have interpreted those rights uh you can't just say well you're interfering with my rights go to jail you really have to get the courts to agree Interestingly, there is no charge in here for inciting the January 6th riot. Um, the January 6th obstruction stuff is about um, him. It's, it's a lot about having how he pressured Mike Pence 
Um, and it's not about how he like whipped the crowd up to invade the Capitol, which I think is good because I don't actually think he he did that. He, you know, he whipped he whipped up the crowd and got them all crazy. But I don't think he actually planned on them going into the Capitol. Well, <laughs> I think his plan was to go to have them go out and like yell from outside. Yeah, I, I don't think he plans much of anything, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I don't I'm glad they didn't charge him with that because I don't think he did it. Okay. Um, and they also didn't charge him with seditious conspiracy, which is what um, a lot of the January 6th guys got. Well, not a lot, but like the, the head honchos who were like planning shit weeks in advance. So he'd have to be planning it weeks in advance for it to count? Well, he would no, he would have had to have been part of the conspiracy to invade the Capitol. Mm, and I don't okay. and like I said, I don't think he was. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it was his intention to have anyone invade the Capitol. I think it happened and he was like, Oh man, this is great. <laughs> um until, you know, a few hours later when he was like, Ah oh, man, these people are idiots. I think he called them low class or something. That's kind of his entire brand. Yeah. yeah, he must have said it approvingly. He's like, "Hey, there's my low class." No, people. no, no. I think no. I think he was like. At first, he heard about it, and this is this is you know secondhand reports that are that are unreliable. So take this with you know a whole dose of salt. But it was like he was watching it at first, and he was like, "Oh yeah, they're invading the Capitol. Awesome!" And then he actually saw what they were doing when they were just like milling around, not doing anything, and <laughs> like this. And he was like, oh, this just this this isn't good. This just seems low class. <laughs> I I kind of love it. If only they had actually hung Mike Pence, then he could have gotten behind him. Wow, right? Yeah. It's like now people are actually doing something. Um, there's a lot of people out there saying that Trump has some good defenses to this and they are wrong. Hmm. There's a lot of people saying that there's a First Amendment defense, which is so stupid. Don't listen to anyone who says this is a First Amendment offense defense um trump has a first amendment right to go say the election was stolen that's fine that's not what he's charged with what he's charged with is actually like doing things that are illegal to interfere with the votes being counted uh which you know just because you have to use your mouth and your words to do that (laughs) doesn't mean it's protected by the first amendment that's Mm -hmm. not that's not what freedom of speech is there's also slightly better is the my client is crazy defense, which is the idea that, well, if Trump really believed that the election was stolen, then he doesn't have the requisite criminal intent under these statutes. And that's true under some of them. Like criminal intent doesn't work that way for all of these. Sending in the fake electors is still illegal, even if you think, well, really, I won the election. There are there is like a vote count act that shows that gives the procedures for how you do this. And even if you think you, you secretly like won the election, um, you still can't just violate those procedures. And he definitely has the criminal intent for that. But also there's like tons of evidence that he did know he lost the election. Mike Pence claims that Trump told him he was too honest when he said he, he wouldn't decertify the vote. There's some, eyewitness claiming that he told his chief of staff that he didn't want people to know he lost the election um but mostly he has there's like tons of his advisors and lawyers and everyone on record telling him he lost i don't think a jury's gonna buy it if he's like well these you know my eight lawyers told me i i lost the election what i was doing was illegal but then this one other lawyer told me that it wasn't um so i listened to him (laughs) i don't think i don't think a jury buys that yeah so um I think Trump is pretty effed on this if it goes to trial. Um, great, good news about this one, too. There's a real judge. It's oh, not Eileen it. Cannon. Yeah. It's it's not like the worst judge in America. Because they filed a new um, new charges? Yeah. So this is a federal indictment. 
Actually, the other one's a federal indictment, too. But this one's in D.C. because he did all this shit in D.C. Ah. Um, so you're not in front of Eileen Cannon, who is in Florida. The documents case was charged in Florida because that's where he had all the documents. Okay. So different jurisdiction, different judge, actual judge who knows how to judge. And isn't just going to be like, well, I like Trump, so denied. I heard that they're asking for this to go to court in January. They are. Um, that is the current trial date. So It'll probably get after, pushed back. So after what? Uh, never mind. I forgot that it's 2023 and not 2024 because post-COVID <laughs> time is a flat circle. But uh, it would be hilarious if he was uh, convicted after winning the election, but before taking office. Yeah, that. I mean, that would be hilarious because Trump's whole plan on all of these is just to delay them until after the election, win the election, and then either pardon himself or just assign a new attorney general who drops the charges. How likely do you think it is that he'll get it pushed back? This one, I don't know. Uh, right now, I'd put it about 50-50. Oh, wow. That is unfortunately high. Yeah, I, I just don't know. Um, he, I don't think, th so this judge hasn't shown any um, any indication that they're going to tolerate, you know, his delaying bullshit. But yeah, there's lots of, there's still, there's still lots of delay tactics that his lawyers could use. The probably the slowest of which is taking interlocutory appeals. Interlocutory appeals. Yeah. So that's, that's that's where you appeal a decision before you go to trial. And normally you can't do that, but there's certain like procedural questions that you can. So if he if he manages to like get a, a permission to file an interlocutory appeal, that could drag this out forever. Mm. You know, I think I I do think there's a good chance this actually goes to trial before uh, for the election. It'd be amazing if it happens in January because that's like that's when the the primaries start. So it'd be really funny to see Trump like in in trial while they're voting in Iowa. What happens if he is tried and convicted and in jail? Can he still be on the ticket? He can. Okay. Uh, maybe. So there is part of the 14th Amendment that says if you engage in insurrection against the United States, you can't run for office again. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't been charged with insurrection. Well, kind of. The, the case could certainly be made that, that if he's found guilty on um, you know, any of these charges, that could be an insurrection. Oh, is there not an official insurrection charge? The the closest one I think is seditious conspiracy. No, 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 but I mean on the book somewhere is there not a charge of like insurrection that you can charge someone with? I don't know that actually. He... I would think I would think so. Um but they've been charging everyone with seditious conspiracy, which is basically insurrection. Mm -hmm. So that that might just be the law. Okay. You know, I I don't think this uh 14th amendment thing is going to go anywhere, mostly because the only real insurrection was the January 6th and like I said, I don't think he really wanted that or like intended that to happen i don't like this trump guy i'm just <laughs> looking forward to uh going full hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and have the 47th president of the united states serve his entire term from a prison cell <laughs> was that in hitchhiker's guide yeah not 47th though right uh no Okay. It, it was just that would have been amazing. I, I want to say Zaphod Beeblebrox's second term in office. Oh yeah. Oh, that'd be quite the timeline. All right. Related story to this. Uh Jack Smith, the special counsel, has Trump's Twitter DMs. So that could be interesting. Because who the fuck knows what he was talking about on Twitter? Um, and that just came out very recently. Apparently, Twitter like tried to 
to not hand him over. <laughs> he ended up getting <laughs> fined $350,000. Oh, shit. For being three days late. Great if you can work that out. I can't get judges to order sanctions on anything in my cases. When was this that they got this fine? Apparently, this was in March. No, February. Was Elon owning it, it yet at that point? I don't remember. I think that was after he had been ordered to go through with the purchase, but af- but before he actually signed the check. Oh, I'm seeing October 27th. Uh, initiated on April 24th, began buying shares in January 2022. When did he fire everybody? Um, <laughs> probably the, the date to really go by. Uh, promptly, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> All right, this is probably after that then. What was this in, was this this year, though, that they got fined? January, February, all that? Yeah. Okay, by then, by then, okay, so yeah, already owned the it. ink was dry on everything by then. Yeah, it was February 7th, that 8th and 9th, that Twitter refused to turn over the files and got All fined. Right. $50,000 for the first day, 100000 for the second day, 200000 for the third day. And they were finally like, okay, Jesus. okay, here you go. Jesus Christ. I admire their wanting to stand up for privacy. I guess. Uh, who knows what the fuck they were doing? Like, it's not like these fines were, it's not like they didn't know they were going to get the fines. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. But uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see what he uh, comes up with in there because I suspect Trump may have said some incriminating things. Oh, that's interesting. Twitter objected not to the warrant to get the uh, the DMs, but the non-disclosure order. Yes, they wanted to be able to tell Trump that they handed it over. Well, that sounds reasonable. Yeah. Shouldn't you be yeah. able to tell everybody? Yeah, and and I think they won on that. But they still got fined despite winning. Well, yeah, because they didn't hand it over. So actually what happened is the the special counsel withdrew the non-disclosure. Shouldn't they withdraw the fine then? No, because they still, you have to comply with a court order. You can't just not comply with it. You can comply with these nuts. (laughs) (laughs) But I see your point, I guess. If they really wanted to take a principled stand, they should have handed over the the files but then disclosed it anyway and said we have a we you know we have a right to do this that would have been the principal thing to do ah you are correct sir yeah thank you for see someone asked me recently how they can have better arguments and i told them just adopt all of wes's positions (laughs) so true oh man all right um more political news uh ohio had a a, i guess you'd call it an election they had a, a referendum uh this week which was a bunch Ohio Republicans attempt to uh, kneecap the referendum process in for the, the next election. So they already decided that these August referendums are stupid and they're not going to do them anymore mm-hmm. um, because nobody turns out and everyone hates them. But then they changed their minds and were like, okay, well, we're going to do one more because we know that they're, they're going to get a referendum about abortion on the ballot in for the next election and um we don't want them to do that because everyone in the entire country every state who's had an abortion referendum has has voted in favor of abortion access and it looks like this one's going to pass as well by 60 percent. yes it uh, like the polling on it is good everyone's expecting it to pass and so the ohio republicans are like oh god we gotta we gotta do something how about we change the whole referendum process so instead of 50 percent, you need 60 percent and instead of, you know, having like petitions, 
from in two thirds of the counties, you need petitions in 100 percent of the counties. To be to be clear about this, abortion rights, basic abortion rights are so popular that even in Ohio, they expect to get 60 percent approval to enshrine the right in the Ohio Constitution. No, like they wanted no, no, the threshold is 50 percent. They wanted to raise it to 60 percent because they did not think they would get that high. Oh, okay. They expected 57% or something, right? Yeah, somewhere between 50 and 60%. That's still a lot. Anything yeah. more than 1% or 2% in, in our democracies is huge. Yeah. Um, Which makes me very happy, I guess, at least somewhat for our nation, that it turns out abortion rights are actually so darn popular, at least the basic abortion rights, that even places like Ohio are just putting them right into their constitution. Yeah. Being like, yeah, no, I guess we were we were relying on Roe v. Wade for far too long, and now we just want this enshrined forever. Yeah, so this got voted down um, by. So they were trying to make it. Yeah, yeah they're trying to make it impossible for a constitutional amendment to pass because they knew a constitutional amendment uh, protecting abortion rights was going to pass. Yeah. And to do that, they tried to sneak it in in the August special referendum. Correct. They're All trying right. to thwart the uh, the the will of their voters, and nobody was fooled. Yes. And, um, you know, often I'm pretty OK with thwarting the will of voters hmm. because what the fuck do voters know? But this is like exactly the type of issue where I feel like the voters should probably get to decide because it's not it's not like the economy or anything. It's just do you think abortion is murder? Well, I'm glad they lost. Me, too. And it was uh, yeah, it was like 57, 59 percent, something like that. Kind of hope they uh, they keep track of everybody who tried to push this through and use that in, in campaign ads in Ohio next election, being like, these people tried to take away your rights. Um, the funny thing is, is that in the abstract, I have I'm very ambivalent about this because it's bad if amendments are too easy. Uh, California is a is a very cautionary tale here. Hmm. Where they have ballot initiatives every election. They have like 40 of them. Yeah. And most of them are done by like wealthy special interests who, you know, try to to phrase these things in the most confusing way possible to get people to vote for shit they don't even want. It's a real shit show out in California with the referendums. Every state, don't be like Cali. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I mean, this does sound like these. It's really way too easy to amend this constitution. So maybe it shouldn't be, but... Nobody cares because this is was clearly like transparently about abortion and everyone is pro-abortion who votes in Ohio. So they voted it down. Um, all right. Next story. Ecuador. Ecuador is having a presidential race right now. And one of their leading presidential candidate candidates, which who was running on an anti-organized crime and anti-corruption platform, was assassinated at a rally, uh, presumably by organized crime. The gunman womp is, womp. yeah, the gunman is dead. But uh, it's you know it's kind of a big deal, I guess. They they just gunned down a presidential candidate. That hasn't happened in this country since at least the '60s. Now, listeners, I know you're probably asking yourselves, why do I give a shit what happens in Ecuador? And you're not wrong, but. <laughs> It's important to know that if you ever want to go toward the Galapagos, the only way to do that is through Ecuador. So, um, you know, you don't want that place to become a war zone because the Galapagos is super fucking cool. And I am definitely going to go there someday. Also, that's where all the turtles are at. That is not true. There are many turtles elsewhere. Oh, man, I've been lied to by Darwin. <laughs> fucking Darwin and his that guy. evolution. Mm -hmm. We'll explain the eye to me, Darwin. You can't. 
<laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. Next story. DeSantis is proposing to make student loan debt dischargeable via bankruptcy. Uh, I'm not sure how this go works in other nations, but in the U.S., the student loan you take on cannot be discharged in bankruptcy because most of it goes to the government and the government likes to collect their money. Regardless. And to be clear, that's a recent rule change. I, like 20 years ago, it was still dischargeable. Really? Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, it was just like any other debt. Like, normally, if you take out a bank loan and you can't pay it back and you declare bankruptcy, the bank loan gets, you know, handled through the bankruptcy. That's what bankruptcy is for. That's the whole yeah, point of it. Exactly. And then, you know, like, like 20, 25 years ago, I don't, I don't remember exactly when, but they passed a law being like, um, student loan debt is, is excluded from bankruptcy. It is a special kind of debt that will stay with you until the day you die. Indeed, because why not? Because and it's actually because students are terrible investments. So if they could, uh, <laughs> so if they could actually discharge their student loans, everyone would go to school, take out huge loans, and then just declare bankruptcy. I definitely would have done that immediately because you don't have any assets yet. Right. Once you've left, once you've left school, your asset is your degree, and they can't repossess that. Yeah, you know, maybe if uh, if they only gave degrees to people who they were reasonably certain could repay their loans, that would be that would be a thing. But that they don't do that, thing, wouldn't it? They just take all your money and all the government's money, and then they let you sit around for many, many years, and then they give you a paper at the end and say thank for the money. Okay, they do a few other things, but <laughs> I, I, I'm a bit jaded about schooling right now, as you should be. At first, I would think like the government is basically just forgiving loans again if they do this. But crucially, DeSantis is saying that the school would be responsible for that debt. They would take the hit if it gets discharged in bankruptcy rather than the government, which makes me want to sing and dance because now <laughs> schools can't just basically rob people, rob young people and rob the public for bullshit uh, anymore. They They will actually pay the price if they do that. I would, I would love to see that. It's definitely not going to happen. It's just a yeah. publicity stunt. No, but uh, yeah, it would be great. I would love to see that. Like, oh, schools, you failed to educate your students, and now they can't get jobs because you gave them degrees in art history. Um, well, either they're going to pay back their loans or you are. Yeah, that, that would be so good. It would be good. It would probably mean like way fewer people go to college, which would be awesome. Yeah. That would actually be a good thing. Yeah, Meatball run for president. I'm on the DeSantis train now. I mean, look, I'm I'm heavily rooting for him to win the nomination just because he's not Donald Trump. He's a real shithead, and I hate him, but he's not Donald Trump, so he'd be a way better candidate. Pretty much anybody would be, yeah. Yeah. Next story. Ooh, we only have one AI story this week. That's fun. I'm actually thinking about scaling back the AI stories because they're being boring? less. Is it because they're boring? <laughs> They're, they're being slightly less interesting, and it takes a lot of time to go through all the AI stuff every couple of weeks. I know you just read Zvi's blog, but that I does do take a long that, time. Because it's a very big it's blog. a very long blog. He's like, my purpose here is that if you read this one, you don't have to read anything else because I cover everything. And I'm like, yeah, I can see. You're like, Why? yeah, but then you cover everything. You right? maniac. <laughs> cover just the stuff that's really cool, please. Well, that's why, uh, you know, he gives you a table of contents. He does do that. Uh, so the only AI story this week is that OpenAI uh, specifically, plus probably quite a few others, uh, there are others listed as well in this link, uh, are currently bottlenecked by lack of GPUs. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that because that means that there's a lot of pent up 
AI progress, which will just kind of kind of collapse in on us once the GPUs come out. And that's always kind of scary. It also means when I break my GPU, I won't be able to get a new one. Oh, yeah. That's bad for you. Yeah. Roxy already poured water on it once. Hmm. <laughs> and I thought I was going to have to replace it. She poured water directly onto your GPU? She did. How? Through the case, which is permeable at the top. <laughs> That's great. And the next, the next component down was the GPU. Oh, speaking of Roxy. Hello. Did you have a good nap? Did you hear us talking about you? Do you want to be on the podcast? She doesn't want to be on the podcast. <laughs> what? No. She has no taste. <laughs> oh, yeah, she goes, nah, nah, nah. Which, fine. All right. Um, next story. Ugh, are we talking about really going to talk about Richard Hanania? I think we should very briefly. All right, very briefly. What's going on with him? Uh, very briefly, about 15 years ago when he was a college student, uh, he wrote some incredibly racist stuff. Uh, Richard Hanania, Hanania whatever. Hanania. Uh, for people, Hanania. Thank you. Do, 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 Hanania. Uh, Richard Hanania uh, is <laughs> he's a conservative uh, writer, uh, probably, I guess, what would have been called the dark web back when that existed for all of six months. The intellectual dark web, uh, not the actual yes. dark web, which is for buying no. drugs and guns. And which still exists, yeah. He writes some really interesting stuff. He also is uh, a bit of a racist, you can tell, still. Uh, as, as, yeah, he's pretty uh, racist. Like, but like, you know, he keeps a lid on it, but he's, yeah. he's, he's pretty racist. Yeah, yeah. You can tell he's kind of racist, but at, like you said, he keeps a lid on it. So it's the kind that we can put up with as a society, I guess, as long as he isn't in power. He used to be a way bigger racist. Oh, yeah, yeah. He used With to no be, lid on it. He used to be huge, just jerk racist. And part of that was enabled by the fact that he was posting anonymously from a troll account. And the Huffington Post was like, hey, we found these articles he wrote for white nationalist magazines where he's talking about how great white nationalism is. They doxed him. They doxed him, yes. And these, these two guys are the same guy. Yeah, and, and this was not like, you know, hand-wringing, namby-pamby, liberal, like, oh, no, that's so racist stuff. No, this was like, black people are inferior, whites should run the world, like that kind of stuff. Like, serious, actual racism. Yeah, 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 yeah. The interesting thing about this is that it was a straight-up cancellation from the old-school cancellation playbook, where they dig up the worst things someone has done in their life, and they plaster it online, and then they... uh try to smear everybody who's ever associated with him to from get them old school cancelers huffington post yeah exactly to try to get them to cut off all ties and renounce the person and so forth they uh they got brian kaplan on here saying that like hanania is a a colleague or a friend or something they quoted elon musk as replying interesting on one of hanania's unoffensive tweets which i mean i guess wait i guess that's something elon musk found something this racist said interesting <laughs> yes can you believe oh, it that i knew he was bad news yeah but yeah there were like then there's a bunch of people that have had him like on their podcasts and stuff. exactly and all those people are you know it, it was the pressure to like renounce the guy immediately or uh, or be labeled equally awful and it did not work at yeah, all nobody did it nobody Everyone, cared 100% of people they asked were like no comment uh some people like brian kaplan actually said yeah i talked to the guy he's much better now in fact i consider him a friend i'm glad that he's gotten better richard himself posted a a article on substack titled why i used to suck and hopefully no longer do 
where he talks about how he did suck as a young person and says he's less racist now, which appears to be legit. Um, but, you know, we can, we can tell he's still kind which of racist. Which is funny because that's also not what you're supposed to do when you're canceled. And th- he specifically has a thing where he says never apologize when right. you're canceled. But he said, you know what? In this case, it was kind of legit. I was kind of a douchebag back then. I'm not anymore. And uh, come at me, bros. All right. Well, there you go. Apologize if it's legit. It completely like did not work. Nobody cares. The era of cancellation is uh, it's not nearly as big of a, a deal anymore, which is great. He said that he thinks it's hilarious. Uh, Richard on Twitter posted he thinks it's hilarious that uh, Matt Le- Iglesias has come closer to being canceled over all this than he has. Yeah, because Matt was like, I think he's fine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like attacking Iglesias. And but that's but I feel like that's the actual thing here is that Hanania didn't get canceled because the left already hated him. It's like how uh you know the South Park guys never get canceled. Yeah. Because they've just been jerks from the start. And Hanania was already like public public enemy number one for the left. Like he's not but he was like not even, you know, out group. He was far group. It's true, but nobody that they tried to smear with him like Right. Back down. Everyone pivoted to yelling at Iglesias because he's outgroup. <laughs> you know, he's like a, you know, a liberal in good standing. Poor Iglesias. So, I mean, he'll be fine. He hasn't been canceled either. He just has some fans mad at him. Yeah. I mean, he's also sort of in the position where he can't be canceled because he's on Substack now. Yeah. And he doesn't need anyone's permission to do anything. All right. Speaking of, y'all should support us on mindkiller.substack.com. Indeed. Because help make us uncancelable. Mm-hmm. We could be the next Richard Hanania. <laughs> no, we're not racist <laughs> enough. It's <laughs> true. Say speak some more racist yourself. stuff. <laughs> oh, oh man, I. Well, speaking I of racism, vengeance. that brings us to happy news. Good news, everyone! Yay! Yay! I, don't, I actually don't think we have any uh, racist happy news. Uh, but our first Yay! happy news is that <laughs> is that maybe there's a cure for cancer. What? Right? Um, A small molecular oral cancer drug killed 100% of solid tumors across 70 evaluated cancer types in vitro in animal models with no discernible side effects. Wait, uh, hang on. So, in animal models? Like computer simulations? Often animal models are like cell cultures from animals. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So this is just another thing that kills cancer in petri dishes, like handgun rounds. <laughs> it is exactly it's like true. handgun rounds. It's not not like handgun rounds in that they both work in petri dishes. I, I don't know anything about this, but some serious people think this is uh, really promising. Yeah. Even if it doesn't cure all cancers, it is another vector to attack this shit from, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the hard part about cancer is not killing the cancer. It's killing the cancer while not killing the host. Right, but that's so. like what the what what supposedly happened here. Oh, was okay. That it, it only killed the cancer cells. Oh, that's neat. That was the whole no discernible side effects thing. Uh, everyone's very excited about it. Uh, it says and fa- it says phase one trials are underway now. Could be awesome. God, this, we live in an exciting year. How is it that this year has had so many breakthroughs so quickly? Well, one of them was fake. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> one of them was aliens. I don't count the aliens one. And the rest of them we got from aliens. Yeah. Um, all right, next happy news. Fake meat. Fake, well, is it fake? Oh, no, it's it real is, meat. Yeah, this isn't it's real the fake meat. meat. 
this is the meat that is like actual meat. It just was never taken from an animal. It was taken from a lattice where the meat was grown. Hey, lab grown meat. Yeah. Approved for sale. That's by right. The FDA, who actually approves things, apparently. Does it? Uh, oh, no, sorry. Still no, cost no. like five figures for a burger. No, no, I was wrong. It's not the FDA. It's the USDA. Ah, uh, that explains it. Yeah, yeah. They're they're very cozy with the industry. Okay. Uh, in the good way, which means they approve things. Well, speaking of in the good way, the company is called Good Meat. Hey. And they have been selling meat in Singapore since 2020 of this cultured meat. And uh, they are now cleared to sell it in the U.S. everywhere. It's currently just uh, chicken. Oh, well, I guess it can't cost uh, 20 grand for a chicken nugget if they're selling it in Singapore. I imagine not. Yeah. Well, uh, cool. I I hope it's good. There's a place in San Francisco called Bar Kren, which sells it or is about to be selling it. So uh, eh, hopefully it'll it'll take off and hopefully it won't be extremely expensive because really, I, I don't care about fake meat if i have to pay twenty dollars <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I don't really like, really super care about animal welfare but yeah it's, you I know, will... it's better than not if we don't have to torture animals i will very gladly pay like five percent more to not torture animals yeah uh next happy news u.s suicide rate is down to 1960s levels which i couldn't believe when i saw this i still don't believe it oh yeah you think it's just uh, uh fake news I think so, yeah. I'm calling fake news on this one, so I can be right next week. All right. Uh, I mean, these are CDC figures, so what the fuck do they know? They show, like, a big decline. Yeah, so I'm also calling fake news here, and what I suspect is going on is that the people who normally would unalive themselves are dying in other ways, Uh, notably Ah. um, fentanyl. Alcohol. Uh, no, uh, specifically fentanyl, um, impure drugs. That's what I would guess is happening. Did we talk about the youth suicide thing last episode? Because that's some genuinely good news. The what, what is youth suicide? Uh, so you know how the how there's been hysterical think pieces about how the youth suicide rate is going up so much, and it's actually not. Oh, youth suicide. Youth. Y-O-U-T-H. Oh, oh. What, what is this about the rate not going up that much? Uh, so the studies that have found that it was going up were reporting um, increases in, uh, I think, suicidal behavior, uh, which is not the same thing as completed suicide. And it was actually just an artifact of data reporting. Oh, all right. Well, that is good news. Yeah. Yeah, so the the other suicide rate that I was reporting on, it only goes up to 2021, which there was like a big, you know, it went up until 2020 and then went down in 2021. So we'll see when the the next few years come out. Yeah. Uh, but you know, preliminarily looks good, but could be fake. I don't know. I think you got to you like David says, you got to count the indirect suicides, the deaths of despair. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> in, in fairness, it is harder. Not hard, but harder. <laughs> But if it's true, then I'm glad. So good, 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 happy news. Yeah. All right. Ne- next happy news. Contrails. No, those are the things that are uh, making the, the government uh, mind control. Yeah. Yeah. Chemtrails. They're dropping on us. Yeah. 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 And oh, the, that's weird. And there's a typo in our uh, outline. Let me fix that real quick. <laughs> no, no. They're actually called contrails. Uh, fake news. <laughs> 
So condensation trails are the things that come out of jet engines when planes are flying high in the sky because uh, they spew particles in the atmosphere and and clouds condense around them. Anyways, they trap large amounts of heat. Apparently, I did not know this. Uh, reflecting it back down to the surface instead of letting it radiate away into the uh, into space. Oh yeah, uh, uh, I know that because nine uh, eleven accelerated global warming by like, or rather, the response to nine eleven accelerated global warming by like uh, a hundredth of a degree or something because the U.S. temporarily grounded all flights over the continental U.S. I do remember the thing, though, where the skies were clear for the first time in, like, since the 60s or something. Yeah. I didn't hear about the global warming thing. But, yeah, apparently they, they do contribute. Uh, however, Google research has found that a minority of flights are responsible for most of this, and they can reduce over 50% of the contrail impact on global warming with an additional 2% fuel usage by redirecting those flights slightly. Uh, the net result is cutting 35% of the climate climate impact of commercial flights if this is implemented so that's nice all right that's a little less of the earth's surface left to cover with white paint <laughs> exactly we can save a lot of money on white paint did uh you guys hear about the maritime fuel thing no. yes yeah, oh so, tell the people yeah so back in i want to say the 1980s possibly the 90s i don't know um the international a maritime association or something uh, passed a rule saying that freight shipping had to use uh, low sulfur fuel for shipping. Uh, oh, I did hear about this. And yeah, that also uh, noticeably accelerated uh, global warming because the uh, sulfur that was in the fuel that they had to take out uh, caused uh basically brighter clouds to form which ended up reflecting more sunlight and cooling the planet so the moral of the story is we need to do the sulfur dioxide um geoengineering thing already because seriously there's no reason we should be worried about um, i actually heard there's like some calcium compound that's better yeah i mean i'm happy to uh if we got to the stage of the debate where we were talking about which specific <laughs> chemical we should use, I would be thrilled. Why don't we just do more sacrifices to the gods? Uh, because the gods don't exist. But that's the virtuous way to do it. If we just do <laughs> geoengineering, then we don't have to, you know, cut our emissions and degrowth everything. And then we never learn our lesson. We wouldn't get comeuppance for our hubris. Uh, I am happy to start degrowthing as long as we start with the environmentalists. <laughs> <laughs> all right well speaking of environmentalists and global warming what's our next story i only mention this because apparently a bunch of people don't know it u.s carbon yeah use carbon per capita is down to world war one levels yeah it's, it's almost like the kuznets curve is a thing just like economists have been saying since like the 1960s I don't know what the Kuznets curve is, but I assume it's something to do about efficiency and technology. Uh, yeah, it's the um, so if you graph pollution as a function of wealth, uh, there's a very distinct uh, inverted U shape. So uh, poor civilizations pollute very little because there's not many people and not much energy usage. 
And then as you get to like the industrial revolution times, uh, people start burning a lot of coal. There's a lot more people, etc. And pollution goes way, way up. And then as societies get richer, they start investing in cleaner fuel like nuclear power. And even while society continues getting richer, pollution starts going down. Awesome. All right. Well, the United States, uh, you know, officially not the problem anymore. So accelerating technological development will help reduce carbon emissions. Who would have thunk it? Oh, yeah. Effective accelerationism. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Here, here. All right. What's our next happy news story? Our next happy news story is, I think this thing is called Roboter. It's it's an Italian word, so I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Oh, it's Italian? It's Italian, yeah. Uh, that'd be Roboto. Robotor. Hey, mamma mia, where's the robotor? Not quite, but fine. (laughs) (laughs) I want some pasta for my meatballs. It's very offensive to my people. (laughs) Hey, I finally got the racism into the happy news. (laughs) All right, now we can get canceled by Huffpo. No, no, Inyash, you got the the racism into the happy news. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's the correct way to do it. Mamma mia. This is a robot that will chisel statues for you. Actually, I guess technically will chisel anything, uh, but it is an automated chisel. Users feed it data and it will make detailed marble and stone sculptures. This is fucking amazing because one of the things that like I like when I go back to Europe and the east coast of the United States is seeing these giant buildings with hand-carved stone ornamentation all over them. And it's just, it sometimes feels like we are living in a fallen era because we cannot make these things anymore, which is an artifact of the the point that everybody is so much more productive that you can't really afford to pay artisans what you would need to pay them to do this. But now, hopefully, we will have robots that can make our buildings beautiful and amazing again so we can feel like we are living once again as, as giants upon the earth. The slight downside here is part of the amazingness of seeing those ancient buildings is just thinking how many years of human labor was sacrificed into making something beautiful, which is kind of mind-boggling on its own. But honestly, given the option of of having machine-created statues and stone facings or just steel and glass monstrosities that we have right now, I'd much rather take the machine-created ones. Thank you. All right. Here's the important question. Mm. Can it make dicks? I can make anything you want out of marble, sir. Can it make a machine gun? (laughs) As long as you don't need it to fire bullets, yes. Uh, That's kind of an important part of the process. Uh, It cannot make a functioning one, no. All right, and last happy news story. Did we already... I think we've already talked about something like this before, but California has now fully approved the robotic taxis that are running around San Francisco. Yeah, we reported that San Francisco had robot taxis um, because they did. Um, So I don't know what this new approval is, but apparently it's like something they needed to expand the program. This new approval came down from California just a few hours ago today, uh, where now they can have, Waymo specifically, can have these um, taxis running on the streets 24 hours a day with no human to supervise them and can charge money for the fares, which is, you know, a big deal if you're trying to run a business. I was recently in San Francisco and these things were uh, just driving around. It was amazing. Awesome. I, and I, my one regret is that I didn't, I didn't get a ride in one. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing one of them ran over Roxy. 
Um, I heard that they murder everyone, especially infants. No, that's a lie. (laughs) They don't murder anyone. What? Yeah. No, it can't be a lie. I heard it in the media. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out... Of the four accidents that were reported, all of them are fake news. Three of them were somebody else rear-ending the robot taxi, and one of them involved no touching of the vehicles at all. There was no collision. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the the um, one about the dog, I'm pretty sure, actually did happen, but it was like the dog ran out in front of the uh, robot car in... Uh, and was like not at all visible until David. it was underneath the wheels. And like, yeah, I probably would have hit that dog. David, so. there is no talking about dead dogs in happy news. Yeah, hmm. sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. All right. Well, that's the end of happy news. So that means it's time for troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. Yeah, so I have found a cheat code. The cheat code in particular is a drug coming from the dried, I want to say, root of a plant that's indigenous to most of Polynesia. uh, And it is called Kratom. Uh, it comes in three strains. Um, red kratom is uh, uh, depressant and soporific. Uh, I've tried it. It's frankly pretty mid. But the other two strains, green and white, are fantastic. Um, the green strain is a mood booster and a uh, uh, it makes you talkative. I can't remember the sciencey word for that uh the reason why it's called I, an upper yes uh the reason why i've been somewhat less talkative uh this episode is because i uh took some four hours ago and so i'm starting to come down are you doing this podcast high? i always do this podcast either high <laughs> or drunk oh dear oh boy well, what have we lot. done to our friend david uh, i i so if you were to take a regression of how much time I spend talking during these episodes and how long ago I last dosed Kratom, it would probably be a very strong correlation, like are not probably around 0.8 or something. Anyway, uh, green Kratom makes you talkative. Uh, it's a mood booster, uh, very good for social anxiety uh, and white Kratom is a pure stimulant uh it's basically herbal uh adhd meds and uh these three strains exist on a spectrum so you can get uh white strains that also have a lot of the mood boosting properties uh you can get green strains that'll chill you out um it's fantastic i've used it for drug in uh yeah i've used it for job interviews uh, I use it fairly regularly for this podcast. Uh, I use it uh, when I go to the club. Uh, it's really good, and it's white market legal in most states in the U.S. Uh, naturally, I emphatically recommend that you check your local drug laws before you try to get any, because I would not endorse taking drugs illegally under any circumstances. 
but it is very good. And if you haven't tried it, I recommend you give it a try. Huh. All right, Eniash. We got to do Kratom at the uh, next Vibe Camp. Seriously, this, this Kratom thing sounds interesting. And if it's, if it's an ADHD drug that you can get without having to go through the FDA and, you know, not get your drugs because they won't approve them to make enough, that's, uh, that's intense. Uh, yeah, it is, it is noticeably less powerful than, um, like, uh, Ritalin or uh, Adderall, but it, it's very much on the same spectrum. Uh, it does have some opiate components, so it is chemically addictive, but there's no uh, negative health effects for taking it regularly. Um, and even the addiction isn't really a thing unless you're taking really big doses. And when you're getting into doses that size, you tend to have uh, gastrointestinal issues that'll become a problem before the addiction does. Okay. Did you just say there's no health effects, but also it causes gastrointestinal distress? I mean, sure. If you're taking something like 10 to 15 times the amount I am, uh, and it's not like it doesn't give you the runs. It makes you constipated. So. All right. Well, use with moderation. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Thank you, David. Eniash. I had a talk with Yassin Meskhout a little while ago. I know I didn't pronounce that right. Please forgive me, Yassin. Uh, one of the things we talked about was his post about his accidental morality, how all our moralities are accidental, as uh, Wes is fond of saying. They don't really exist. Uh, but the the amazing things that we have done in the modern world have made us far less dependent upon being horrible to other people. Uh, specifically, the amount of energy that a modern American uses in their regular day-to-day lives in the course of a year is equivalent to about 120 slaves. Uh, meaning, if you can quantify the amount of energy we use for things like getting running water from our tap, getting hot water from our tap, getting electricity to move things for us, etc., getting our clothes from an automated loom that makes them cost almost nothing, getting our entertainment on the phone at any time that we want it. Every person in America has about the equivalent of 120 slaves from Washington's time. Um, This has made slavery itself incredibly unprofitable because it's very expensive and hard to keep 120 people enslaved and very easy just to pay your water and electricity bills every month and hold down a decent job. Uh, So technology is the greatest force for anti-slavery that humanity has ever found, which is why slavery existed as a basic staple of human life right up until shortly after the Industrial Revolution. Specifically, fossil fuels helped us move away from that, and it just got better after that. An important corollary to all this, there are in the real world nowadays degrowth movements, people who specifically want to destroy technology and advancement and our ability to use things like electricity and fossil fuels to make life easier and outsource labor to machines rather than humans. It is an important side effect to note that any reduction of technology brings us closer to an equilibrium where you're using humans to do labor rather than machines, and therefore bringing us closer to a world where slavery is, in fact, an optimal move if you have the means to enslave somebody rather than something that is expensive and terrible. By this, we are saying that, yes, any anti-technology movement is by necessity a pro-slavery movement because that is what you are bringing back as you bring us closer into the past. So... Don't do that. 
let's continue advancing the human race forward as we get bigger, better, stronger, and more moral because we don't have to do terrible things just to live anymore. Welcome to the pro AI team. You're going to love it here. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, yes, this uh, is a good lead into my uh, my troop deployment this episode, which is that uh, we need should make sure that we're not just going to keep the bad parts of AI while killing the good parts. Now, on this show, we bitch a lot about how governments all over the world have essentially outlawed nuclear power. Few have outright banned it, of course, but almost all have let foolish alarmism about the supposed dangers of nuclear plants create insurmountable regulatory barriers. Just last week, the first new reactor in over 30 years in the United States, Unit 3 of Georgia's plant Vogel, entered commercial operation. And thanks to supposed safety regulations, the whole thing has been a disaster. It went $17 billion over budget. It was supposed to take five years once construction began. It took 12. The increased costs wiped out any savings to energy costs that were expected. The experience has led other utilities to abandon plans for 24 other reactors, which had been proposed over a decade ago. In South Carolina, two partially built reactors have been shut down. At the same time, the recent Oppenheimer movie reminds us that the true danger of nuclear energy was never power plants, it's weapons. And we have plenty of those. While governments have been happy to restrict the creation of nuclear power, they've been all too quick to build more and more destructive bombs. Now, I heard a take a couple of weeks ago that I can't find right now, and neither can my Twitter or Discord server. So if you, if you find this, let me know. Uh, but the gist was that we've kept and proliferated the world-destroying promise of nuclear science while essentially banning the utopian promise of unlimited clean energy and that this is a cautionary tale for artificial intelligence since gpt3 was released nearly everyone in the rationalist and ea movements has thrown in their support behind some kind of government restrictions on the development of ai i've been consistently against such restrictions not because i don't think ai is dangerous but because i don't see any way this doesn't go the same way as nuclear if AI can be used as a weapon, governments are not going to be able to stop themselves from developing a weaponized version. All regulations are going to do is prevent us, the plebs, from getting anything out of it. Assuming it doesn't kill us all, AI has the potential to create a true utopia. I wouldn't even describe what that could look like because it will probably be way different than I expect, but it could be great. But if we regulate the shit out of it, we'll never get there. Instead, we'll just get the part that will probably kill us all without the part that could actually improve our lives. So let's not do that. You're not concerned about the if AI doesn't kill us all part? Uh, I am, but regulations aren't going to stop that. Think they might? Didn't stop it with nuclear, won't stop it with AI. All right. Um, also, that was a very pro-slavery thing to say. <laughs> oh! I, I see you got racism into the uh, troop deployments <laughs> as well. No, you did that, Inyash. <laughs> yeah, that was your take. Oh, shit. All right, well, that's our show for this two-week period, which apparently is also known as a fortnight. Uh, please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Please leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe on our Substack. Uh, you'll get access to episodes early, you'll get bonus episodes, and you'll get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel. Come back in two weeks, uh, probably two weeks and a couple days since we recorded this one early. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye. Bye.